Thank you for checking out Common Ground Carson's Midweek Podcast. We are glad that you are tuning in. We are continuing in the Gospel of John. Um, If you are in the Carson City area and you're just checking us out, we encourage you to come join us. Sundays at 10 o'clock. Check us out on the web at www.commongroundcarson.com. We meet Sundays at 10 o'clock. We would love to connect with you. But what we're doing is we are going through the book of John, the Gospel of John, and on the weekends we are hitting the highlights. But here in our midweek podcast, we are hitting some of those passages that maybe we don't have time to hit on Sunday or we're just skimming over. Uh, In addition, we are going through some devotionals looking at the Gospel of John, so that we can learn how to read the Bible for ourselves. We can learn how to listen to God for ourselves from the book of John. If you're interested in those devotionals, you can pick one up at the Sunday service, or you can go to our app. Just go to whatever your app provider is on your phone, and it is Common Ground Carson. Look us up, and you can grab the devotionals there. Well, today we are looking at John 1.14. This is a verse that we skimmed over in the service this last week, and it says this. And the Word, and we already know that the Word was God. The Word was with God. The Word was the agent of creation. The Word is God's self-revelation to the world. So, the Word, here's the verse, John 1.14, And the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. And we have seen His glory. Glory as of the only Son from the Father, full of grace and truth. You know, we have, Callie and I have four kids. Um, Kayla is our middle girl. She's eight years old, nine years old. She's now nine. Well, Kayla is often frightened at night. And she uh, has discovered that the cure for her fear is to come into our bed. And if you're a parent, you've experienced this. And of course, we love it. We love it when Kayla comes to us. Uh, There's some comfort there. Sometimes we carry her back to her bed or we make a bed for her on the floor. But the point is that when Kayla is frightened, what does she want? She wants to be near her parents. She wants the close presence of her mom and dad. Uh, She'll come and she'll lay in bed. And there's something unique about parents and there's something even unique about dad just think about it and this isn't to to bash moms moms are even greater than than fathers but there's something about the presence of dad that gives security that gives stability uh that that erases fear um i read a, a study recently from the yale child study center it's from yale so it must be good and they said this In a young child who has not felt some form of masculine nurture, the hunger for a paternal presence can be insatiable. It is the presence of this hunger, beginning so early in children's lives, that tips us off to the overall significance of men in the lives of developing children. As a well-known maxim about the early years reminds us, appetites tend to serve the survival and well-being of the infant. The child's hunger for a father is no different. You know, I don't know the background, I don't know uh, the study there, how liberal it is or those things, but I do know that it's, that part is true. Uh, a child has a hunger for a mother and a father, and we as humans, we also have a natural hunger for the presence of our Heavenly Father. Just think about it. What do you say when, when you're having a dry time? And I'm speaking to believers here who know Jesus. Or what have you heard others say who, you know, they're having a dry time in life. They'll say things like, I'm not close to God, or I don't feel His presence. Or maybe you'll hear some of this, I feel like God has abandoned me. All of that is very similar to the way a child might feel with their own parent. 
And God knows about this hunger and this longing that we have because He gave it to us. And since the beginning of creation, God has sought to fill this hunger with Himself, with His presence. Just think back in the garden. Things were perfect. When Adam and Eve were created, God walked and talked in the garden with Adam and Eve. They had the direct presence of God. Now, we know the story. Sin entered, and God had to separate Himself from us. But from then on, He sought to remedy the situation. He sought to still be present with His people. Through Moses, we get introduced to the tabernacle. I'm going to read to you Exodus 25, 8. says this, and this is God giving commandments to Moses. It says, And let them make me a sanctuary, that I may dwell in their midst. Exactly as I have shown you the pattern of the tabernacle and of all its furniture, so you shall make it. God gave instructions for Moses to make a tent. Um, here he calls it a sanctuary. A place where he would dwell in the midst of his people. When the Israelites left Egypt, God showed them he was with them by a pillar of fire at night and a pillar of cloud in the day. They wanted the security to know that their father was near, that God was near. And he gave them what they needed. He showed them they were there. And then he gave them the tabernacle, is what this is. The tabernacle, a tent where he would dwell in their midst. And there's a lot of stories in the Old Testament about this tabernacle, about the Ark of the Covenant, about the power of the presence of God. But the Israelites, they needed this proof that God was with them. Now here, in the book of John, this book of John is written at least a decade after the temple was destroyed in AD 70. So the Jews who might be reading this book, they still saw the temple as the place where God would meet with them. Well, the temple had been gone for over a decade. And so the question is, how does God come among His people? And John is explaining that here. That God had actually dealt with that problem, not then, not at the destruction of the temple, but 40 years before the temple was destroyed. Let me read again to you John 1.14. And the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. That word dwelt is the same word we find in Exodus. That's the word tabernacled, or literally pitched his tent. It said the word, which we know to be God, pitched his tent among us. When Jesus came among us, he was doing the same thing at even a more real and deeper level than God had done in the Old Testament by building the tabernacle, having the tabernacle built so he could dwell among his people. God has always wanted to dwell among his people, and he did it with Jesus. Let me read John 1.14 one more time. And the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. And we have seen His glory. Glory as of the only Son from the Father, full of grace and truth. Now we already saw that the Word is God's self-revelation to the world. The Word is God's agent of creation. The Creator never created. And the Word is personal. He. He put on flesh. This is Jesus. And He dwelt among us. He pitched his tent among us. How beautiful is this picture? Now, men and women, we are still in many ways like children, aren't we? We have fear. We have doubts. We don't know what the future holds. And we desire the presence of our Father. And your Father loves you. 
He knows what's best for you. He's looking out for you. Just like I and, and Callie are in the next room from our daughters, uh, thinking about what's best for them, loving them, looking out for them, letting them sleep with us if needed to give them security. Your father wants what's best for you. He loves you. He's looking out for you. He wants to protect you. And we know this because he is present with us. He was present with us when Jesus was on earth in in the person of Jesus. But when Jesus left, He sent the Holy Spirit. And He remained present with His people. In His people and among His people. In the church and among the church. Let me read you 1 Corinthians 3.16. Do you not know that you are God's temple and that God's Spirit dwells in you? Look at the progression that God did. He dwelt among His people in this tabernacle where they could be near Him. He dwelt among His people in the person of Jesus, but now it's even deeper. He dwells in His people through the Holy Spirit. If you are a follower of Jesus Christ, God dwells in you. He is ever-present with you. Have no fear. How awesome. 1 Corinthians 6.19 Or do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit within you, whom you have from God. God is present in you in a unique way, in a way that was not possible before Jesus, but is so real now. Listen to me. If you are still longing and you have a hunger for the presence of God, then by faith come to Jesus. Receive Him as Lord, and He will dwell in you and with you. It doesn't mean life is going to be perfect, but I'll tell you this. You have a God you can trust, and you can have joy and peace in the midst of any circumstance. Any circumstance. This is the truth for today from this verse that should permeate our minds. God loves us, and He loves us so much that He has lowered Himself to dwell in the form of man, Jesus, and then to dwell in us individually and corporately as the church. I think He dwells uniquely in our midst as we gather together corporately. God is never far from you. He desires to be present with you. I'm going to close this podcast with a prayer. Father, I just thank You. Thank You for tabernacling, if that's a word. Thank You for coming and dwelling in our midst. You have tabernacled among us. Thank You. If it wasn't for your presence with us, God, I would be afraid. I would have self-doubt. And I, and I do have self-doubt. But that's, that's my problem. That's because of my lack of faith. God, thank you for understanding us. Thank you for being present with us. Father, I ask. I ask, please, dwell in us uniquely. Individually and corporately. Let us experience your presence that gives us peace and joy and purpose. And then let us go make a difference in Carson City, Nevada, the West, and the world. Let us make a difference, not for you because you need anything from us, but because you're living in and through us. Use us to change this world for you. Draw others to you. Let others experience your presence through us. We love you and we trust you. Thank you, Jesus, for being willing to come and dwell among us, and then to send your Spirit to dwell in us. In Jesus' name, amen.